coveted trophy uh, that uh, football teams seek to uh, achieve at some point in time in their franchise history, and that's known as the Lombardi Trophy, and uh, named after a tremendous coach, uh, probably one of, would be referred to as one of the great, great coaches um, of some of our, how many of y'all remember Coach Lombardi? Anybody in here? How many of you have never heard of him? Don't know who he is. Well, that's okay. All right. Let me tell you. Let me, let me, here's the illustration that I want to try to. to, to I, I read this, and I thought this was so fitting. Had great teams. That's who he was known for. He was a great coach. But on one particular occasion, the team that he was coaching, they were struggling. They were having significant difficulties. And it is said that he went into the locker room on one practice, and while he was in the locker room, he took a football and he held it out and he looked at them and he said, this is a football. Now, you would think that most of them knew what a football was. But here's, here's the interesting thing about that. He said, sometimes you just have to go back to the basics. Sometimes you need to go back to the fundamentals. And I think where we find ourselves today in 2022 and as the church, I think sometimes we need to step back, kind of reevaluate where we are, and probably go back to the basics and go back to the fundamentals. And what are those? What are the basics? What are the fundamentals that we need to go back and look at? Well, I think one of the things that has brought us to the point that we find ourselves today over a period of time because we allowed something to go by the wayside, which is an important ingredient in the health of believers as well as in the health of the church. And it's something that we refer to as discipleship. It's something called intentional discipleship. In other words, it's spending the time, it's investing the time in those who come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior to bring them along a journey to help come alongside of them to help teach them you know one of the things that's alarming that is amazing to me today is the amount of false teaching that is beginning to just permeate the landscape that we see today it is unbelievable and all of these new phrases and all of these new things and these nuances that are that are and i'm gonna tell you something as we cross into 2022 and one of the things that I, I do, I spend time on social media, just trying to, to kind of understand, keep a pulse on where things are. But, but as, as we've moved into 2022 and just reading some of the stuff that is being permeated uh, throughout evangelical circles today, is, I'm going to tell you, it's disturbing to me. And the other thought that I want to share with you this morning, when we consider you know the church today how how spiritually healthy are we as churches today matter of fact let's let's take it down even another notch as Labardi would say sometimes you got to get back to the basics how about us individually where are we individually in spiritual maturity in our own spiritual lives where are we in our own spiritual lives when it comes 
to our growing in Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Peter writing in one of his letters said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is one of the things that we should be doing. So, title of the message this morning is going to be very simple. What is discipleship or what is a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. And I know some of you are going to say, well, we've been there before. Yep, sure have. I would refer to this as one of the basics, as one of the fundamentals that sometimes I think we have, we all know it. Matter of fact, most of us can quote it, okay? Most of us can quote it from memory because we've heard it so many times. But I think sometimes we lose, we lose, we lose the intent of, of what's there, okay? Of what's been given to us. I, I, you know, I don't know about you, I was thinking about 2022 and in the church and the magnitude of the responsibility that we have as a church and the magnitude of that responsibility that we have as a church goes back to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 and matter of fact it's it's you don't even need all of 19 and 20 all you need to do is just look at the opening phrase of verse 19 and here's what it says go therefore and make disciples of all the nations and you can stop right there Go and, and do what? And make disciples of all the nations. To go. Let me tell you, the, the phrase there means as you're going. In other words, as you're doing life every day, as you're going about life every day, as we're involved in life every day, one of the things that we ought to be doing is making disciples. Making disciples. What, what, what does that look like? I mean, what... What is, what, is, what is the magnitude of that that we have been given to do here in Matthew chapter 28? Well, I honestly believe this. At some point in time, uh, even within our churches, it pays to go back to the basics of the fundamentals. And I just honestly believe that's, where the, that's the point we're at today. We need to go back to the basics. We need to go back to the fundamentals and so we can see from Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 that we have been given the task of making disciples. Well, let me ask you a question. So what is a disciple? Well, we use that phrase all the time. We use that word all the time. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Weren't there 12 disciples in the Bible? There were, but there were other disciples besides just the 12 disciples. There were many disciples that you read in Scripture and there were ones who would follow Jesus Christ. They were followers of the way. Can you be a disciple of other things today? You can be. So what is a disciple? If we had to define the word disciple, what is a disciple? Well, let me give you a definition of disciple, and here's what it is. A disciple is one who follows a master so that eventually one will become like that master and carry on the master's work. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is one who follows a master so that eventually that one will become like that master and carry on the master's work. So to be a disciple. So walking through life, what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ then in following him? Well, unfortunately here's the difficult side of this equation in order to be like our master then we've got to know them we got to know what they're like 
we got to know who they are so in other words if we want to become a disciple a true disciple then one of the things that we need to do is we need to know we need to know who he is we need to know what he's like and we need to know where we need to be in that relationship and matter of fact Romans chapter number eight is an interesting there's an interesting verse in Romans chapter eight and here's what it says for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that's the part that we're involved in that's who we are to be conformed to the image of his son in other words his desire God's desire is for us to be more like Christ and how do we do that well the only way that you can do that is you've got to know who he is you got to know what he's like you got to know things about him so there's some things that I want to share with you this morning three of them specifically so in order to be committed to being a disciple or making a disciple we need to understand what that means so here's the first step you ready I told you this is going back to the basics it's going back to the fundamentals so here's the first thing the first step in becoming a disciple is coming to faith in Jesus Christ it's coming to faith in Jesus Christ doesn't mean being a member of a church doesn't mean having your name on church rolls it doesn't mean at some point in time walked down to the aisle and got baptized okay it means coming to faith in Jesus Christ so in order to be a disciple of Christ you must have had been born again matter of fact when Jesus had the conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter number three one of the things that Jesus told Nicodemus and, and I want you to understand who Nicodemus was Nicodemus was part of the religious elite that's who he was matter of fact he was a teacher of the Jews that, that's who Nicodemus was did Nicodemus know the scripture sure he did did he know the Torah sure he did did he teach it yes he did but Jesus told him this and he was very specific when he looked at Nicodemus he said you must be born again you must be born again and my dear friend listen to me you cannot be a true disciple of Jesus Christ until you have been born again in other words born again by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at some point in time in your life you have to understand and realize where you stand with the Holy God you must understand that we're all sinners Romans chapter number three for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that's who we are and so as we stand before a holy God understanding and realizing that we're all sinners and there's absolutely nothing that we can do within ourselves to merit his grace and his salvation then at some point in time we understanding and realizing that we're a sinner based on the very mercy of God himself admit that we're a sinner we confess that with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead understanding the finished work of Jesus Christ and placing our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone to become a born-again child of God you cannot be a disciple apart from that no matter how hard you try now you can try to do it in the flesh but I can tell you it won't last it won't function correctly nor will you achieve what we've been asked to do because where there is no relationship how in the world can you ever expect to know the one 
that you're trying to be a part of or to follow if you don't know him personally. Number two, the second step in becoming a disciple or being a disciple of Jesus Christ is progressively growing and maturing. In other words, becoming more like Christ in our lives. And that's a tough one, I'll tell you. That's difficult. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter number 2. John writing makes it very clear for us in verse 1 through verse number 6. What this looks like. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 through verse 6. Progressively growing and maturing. What does it mean by progressively growing? Are you ready for this? It means it doesn't happen overnight. That's what it means. So are we all growing? I hope so. Every one of us in this building, I don't think anybody in this building has attained yet. Matter of fact, Paul himself even made that statement that he had not yet attained. In other words, he wasn't there yet either. And I don't think any of us in this room are. But notice what John writing in his letter in chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. Notice what he writes. He said, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. And then notice the next verse. By this we know. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. If we keep his commandments, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. John wrote that, not me. John wrote that, not me. Let me tell you what it does is it speaks of that relationship that should exist there. Of progressively growing and maturing in our relationship with him. And then he goes on in verse number 5 and he said, But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected or completed. By this we know that we are in him. Now look at verse 6. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. My dear friend, I hate to tell you this, but there's no way that you're going to know in what manner he walked unless you get into his word and read and study the word of God and see how he walked. And that is why it is so important that when we read Paul's letters, all of Paul's letters talks about the way that we should live our lives each and every day. Now, does that mean we're going to be perfect? <laughs> no. I don't know anybody in this building that's perfect. Do we all stumble and fall and make mistakes? We all do. But it's progressively growing. It's progressively maturing. In other words, we should be making progress in our lives spiritually. That's part of this discipleship thing. One of the things that every one of us in this auditorium ought to be doing is to be growing spiritually. Now the question is, are we? Are we growing more in our life spiritually 
than we have last year, the year before. And I'll say this to you this morning. If you're you're thinking that your spiritual maturity and your spiritual growing is going to take place just on Sundays when you get here, you're far behind the power curve here. It should be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I know, I hear this all the time. Brother Robert, you talk about that over and over and over and over again. And let me tell you why. Because it's important. And some have said, when are you going to quit doing that over and over and over again? When everybody's doing it. Why? My dear friend, listen to me. You cannot afford to go through life every day and this not be a steady part of your diet. And especially in the world that we live in today. And, I, and I'll say this to you as well. What concerns me is the amount of false teaching that is coming out today. Are we able to discern the truth? Are we able to discern what's being taught, what we're hearing today? Well, I will say this, as a disciple, a disciple is one who follows a master so that eventually one will become like that master and carry on the master's work. Do we know him? Do we know him, number one? And number two, are we progressively growing in him the way that we should? Just a reminder for you. A disciple is one who follows a master in order to become like him. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a desire to become like him today? I do. Is that a tall order? (laughs) You better bet you it is. Because the more you learn of him, and the more the desire in your heart is to become more like him, the more costly it gets. And I'll also say this to you as well. Because as you become more like him, as you look at yourself in the mirror, the more you dislike a lot of what you see. But are we willing to allow him to work in us? Are we willing to allow him to work through us? That's this progressive growing. This is the maturing that comes along. You know, it's like taking two two two-year-olds or three-year-olds I'll tell you what, why don't you take a handful of them. Take five of them. How many of y'all like to have about five three-year-olds? Huh? To watch for about eight hours. Huh? Some of y'all are going, there's no way. Let me me ask you a question. You ever take five three-year-olds and put them in a sandbox with toys? And there's only one toy for each child. Now, they're all going to get in that sandbox, and they're all going to play with those toys, okay? One's going to take one, and one's going to take another, and one's going to take another, and they're all going to play with their individual toys, aren't they? Huh? I don't want this toy. I want that toy. I don't want just one. I want all five of them. But as three-year-olds grow in their lives, we should reach a point after a while where we start to grow out of those things. Now watch this as we grow spiritually. 
There ought to be things in our lives spiritually that we grow out of. And through. Things such as what? Well, did you know that to be a disciple? Let me just share this with you this morning. Here's what Jesus himself said. He said, if you want to be my disciple, he said, the first thing you've got to do is to deny yourself. Did you know that's a tall order? To deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily. Let me tell you what Jesus said. It's every day. It's daily to deny ourselves. Here's one of the things that the Apostle Paul said. Paul said, I bring my body into subjection every single day. Why? Because there's a battle. There's a struggle there. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And do you know what keeps most most believers from becoming full-fledged maturing disciples of Jesus Christ is this battle between the flesh and the spirit so how do you overcome that how do you get past that how do you work through that Paul understood that it was a battle Paul understood the significance of the battle between the flesh and the spirit matter of fact here's what Paul referred to himself as he said oh wretched man that I am because Paul said there are things that I ought to do that I don't do and things that I shouldn't be doing he said those things I find myself doing there's a war in my members when we understand that battle and we understand that war we see how much more important it is for us to spend time in the word of God to bring about change this process of becoming more and more like Christ is what we refer to as sanctification. That's that big word that we use. Sanctification. All right, okay. Let me try to put it to you this way. The key to sanctification, the, see, the, the key to growing spiritually, here comes the other difficult piece. You ready for it? Here it is. It's called surrender to the Holy Spirit. It's submitting to the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Working of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, do you realize that when, when, when God saved you, He didn't save you to sit and listen. He saved us to listen and do. Listen to who? To the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do we start our day? Do we start our day listening solely to us? Or do we start our day with the Holy Spirit? That's who we need. So, these first two steps of becoming a disciple. Number one, you've got to be born again. And number two, there's this step of progressively growing and maturing in Jesus Christ. And then comes number three. Number three. A disciple is committed to the mission of Christ. A disciple is committed to the mission of Christ. So let me ask you a question this morning. What is the mission of Christ? Do you know what it is? If I were to ask you to take out a sheet of paper and, and write down for me, what is the mission of Jesus Christ? Would you know what that was? Just answer it. You can answer it for yourself, okay? 
Here's one of the things that Jesus said. Matter of fact, he'd been at the house of Zacchaeus. Jesus made this statement. He said, I've come to, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. What is the mission of Jesus Christ? Well, he gave quite a responsibility there in the closing verses of Matthew 28 when he said, Go you therefore and to make disciples of all nations. To make disciples. That's what we should be involved in. It's called getting back to to the basics. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 4 beginning in verse 18. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers. He saw Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea because they were what? They were fishermen. In other words, let me share something with you. They were just everyday individuals. That's who they were. They were fishermen. They were fishing on the Sea of Galilee like they did day in and day out. I mean, that's just... They were busy and they were a part of life. That's what they were doing. And then in verse 19, Jesus, while he was there, he said something to them. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. But I want you to notice something very key to that phrase. He said, follow me. You know, that's the first, that's the first thing. To follow me. Jesus called them to follow him. That's the same call that is issued to us today is to follow him. But how many of us are willing to follow him? That first of all requires us placing our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And then growing each day. Progressing, maturing in our faith. To follow him. And are you ready for this? And here's the great thing about it. And I know we've got all of these programs. I, I, I tell you what, I've been involved in probably every major evangelistic program that we have ever come up with. And don't get me wrong, okay? Programs are, they have their place. But we go through them, and every time we get through one, we think we come up with this other one that has this name, Okay. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all have been through uh, NET, you've been through FAITH, you've been through EE. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. But I want you to notice something about Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. I want you to notice what Jesus said. You follow me and I will make you. You follow me in your relationship with me and growing in me and progressing spiritually in me understanding the significance of the task that we have been given and Jesus said I will make you fishers of men 
I'll make you fishers of men. Are you ready for this? He gave us his word. He gave us the Holy Spirit. So as we grow and mature in him and we read and study the word of God and we surrender ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? When's the last time? I just want to ask you this question. When's the last time you've had the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord? Don't raise your hands. Don't answer the question. When's the last time you've had the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord? You ready for this? There is no greater joy. There is no greater joy in the life of a believer than to have the opportunity to lead another individual to Christ. I'll just tell you. But when's the last time that we've had the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord? I'll tell you what, let me make it more basic. When's the last time we've had a gospel conversation with someone? Intent. Jesus said, if you'll follow me, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. That's what I will do. Do people need the gospel today? They do. Do people need to grow spiritually? They do. Let me ask you a question. How much of our time in we are we investing in others in their growing? Or are we? I will make you fishers of men. And then notice what else he went on to say. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and what? Immediately. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, going from that, going out, uh, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee. John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them and guess what they did immediately they left the boat and their father and did what and followed him they just followed him let me ask you a question are we willing just to follow him regardless of where that may lead you know, sometimes here's, here's, here's the way we get with God. God, I'm willing to follow you as long as. And we've got this whole list of criteria. God, I will follow you as long as it meets this, as long as it meets this, as long as it meets this. What would happen if him calling us and leading us and desiring for us to be what we should be and we just followed him without any restrictions I had that happen with an individual who shared with me I feel like that I'm being called to this and this and so they came and asked for my help prayed with them spent a great deal of time with them okay a door of opportunity came open. Unfortunately, it would require them to relocate from one state to another. So I shared with them, and here's the words out of their mouth. Well, um, I don't think so because I really want to stay right here. We need to be careful with that. We need to make sure that we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that when we say we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that it doesn't come with a whole list of criteria. 
Jesus looked at these by the Sea of Galilee, and here's what he simply said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so what did they do? Immediately they left their nets and they did what? They followed him. Was there a concern about the business? Was there a concern about this or was there a concern about this? Immediately they left and followed him. You see, the call that Jesus extended to the men by the Sea of Galilee in Matthew chapter number 4, are you ready for this? It's the same call that's extended to you and I today. The call is not any different to be a disciple of his and who we are. It's a call to leave behind the business with temporal things and pursue eternal things. A simple question for you. Are you more concerned with laying up temporal things than we are about laying up eternal things? This is exactly where Satan wants to get you today. We're more concerned with the temporary here than we are with laying up things that are eternal. Surely God hath not said. Surely the scripture doesn't mean this. Surely God doesn't intend for you to do this. Surely God doesn't intend this. It's the same thing that Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number 3. Surely God hath not said. So who are we going to listen to today in our lives? Please, from my heart to you today, we need to understand something and we need to understand something as a church today and as believers in a gathering in this building Jesus himself talked about it when the disciples came to Jesus and asked him specifically what would be the signs of his coming and what you know what what would occur what would take place one of the things that we need to understand that we need to be prepared with the message of what people need to hear and it is this okay it doesn't get any more basic or fundamental than this judgment's coming judgment's coming so what did Jesus say about it what did Jesus tell those disciples that were gathered with him there on the Mount of Olives as he began to speak with them here's what he said he said Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Men will be eating and drinking and giving in marriage, and life's just going to be going on like it always has. Just like it was in the days of Noah. Have you ever gone back and read the account of Noah? What was taking place? Life was taking place. Everything was going along. There was no concern for the things of God. When the day came, there were eight people that walked into that ark. And that was Noah and his family. And the door was shut. And when the door was shut, the very thing that Noah had preached over and over and over while building this crazy boat out in the middle of nowhere was that judgment was coming. And everybody laughed at him. Scorned at this message of Noah. Judgment's coming? Well, I'll tell you what, when that door was shut and the rain began to fall, the scripture says that even the earth itself, heavels of water came up from the earth itself. 
all of a sudden now that message of judgment is coming was no longer mocked or ridiculed now reality hit folks listen to me please from my heart to you people around us need to know judgment's coming may you may be you you may be ridiculed and scorned what do you mean judgment's coming Everything's going to continue on just like it always has. Really? I don't think so. Judgment is coming. And how important is that? Well, as a disciple, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, and I'll finish with this. 1 John chapter 5. John writing in his letter, verse 11 and verse number 12. I mean, this is how serious it is. This is how significant the task that we have been given. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and verse number 12. Notice as John writes, he said, And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is where? It is in his Son. That is the only place you will find eternal life, is in Jesus Christ. And then verse 12. And notice what he says. This, this is kind of just the crux of it. He who has the Son has the life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. It's pretty clear. Pretty clear. So let me ask you a question Are you a disciple today? Are you a disciple of Christ? Be careful how you answer that. Be careful how you answer that. Because number one, it requires a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, it requires us progressively growing and maturing in our spiritual life. And then number three, to be on board and plugged in to the mission of Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple of his. Do we go under our own power? The answer to that question is no. We do not. Have you ever wondered why Jesus told the disciples when he rose again from the grave? Jesus spent time with the disciples before his ascension. And here's one of the things he told him. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there. Do not do anything but wait. Don't go anywhere, don't do anything, just go wait in Jerusalem. Why did he tell them that? Because they did not have what was needed at that point in time to carry on the task that he'd given them. And what was that? The Holy Spirit. He said, but you're to wait for the promise of the Comforter. And then he told them, he said, and when the Comforter comes, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judah, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's what you will be. So let me ask you a question today. Where are we as a church? Where are we as a church? And I'm talking about the church as a, as a whole. Where are we as a church? 
Do we see people? Do we see people groping in darkness, struggling through an evil world, knowing that judgment's coming one day? And are we concerned about their hearts? Are we concerned about them to the point that we're willing to invest in them?